You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Dance. Dance. Hey, the band's back together. We're into September. What's that sound? Laugh. A cat? (laughs) (laughs) We're into September now. The month of the cat. It's the last day of the CNE as we tape this on Monday, September 2nd. CNE is the Canada's national exhibition. It's the Toronto version of the PNE or Klondike Days or uh, the Stampede or whatever or, it is. Is it okay right if now. I call it Hillbilly Disney? Because hillbillies, you aren't insulting anyone. No one claims to be a hillbilly. But a lot of, a lot of people go to the X, right? Like, People just go for something to do. Like everybody seems to go except me. I've never been. <laughs> I'm last like I, as, as a, a kid. kid yeah. yeah, as a kid, I went to Klondike Days all the time. I don't even think they call it that anymore. They were calling it K Days for a while. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah, lots of people go, but I just have no desire to go to that. I, I'd rather go to Canada's Wonderland or the Orno, or the Orno Fair. Yukon Striker. Is Yukon Striker at the Orno Fair? <laughs> nope. But uh, so the, most of the fairs that the, the Carnies are at right now, they'll be packing up and heading to Orno Tuesday, Wednesday. So I sit on my front stoop and watch them roll into town. And they're, they're like zombies, like, <laughs> where are your showers? <laughs> where are your toilets? Brains. Last time they left and uh, the fairgrounds, they left a couch behind. Did you pick it up? <laughs> no, I'm like, if only that's that couch you could tell oh, some the tale. stories. That'd be great if someone took a picture of it and then interviewed it. <laughs> <laughs> For an article in the A Taste of the Kawarthas magazine. A magazine that Dan O'Toole graces the cover of Ooh. for the August-September 2019 issue. On the cover it says, Dan O'Toole, sports broadcast icon. Now the picture's inside. Folks, if you get a chance, where can people pick this magazine? Uh, it's all over Peterborough. It's a, it's a free free magazine. It's a free so handout. Go out to a restaurant. It'll be there. Guys, I highly encourage you to track this down. So my brother Vince, I'm on a text chain uh, with him, my mother, my sister, and uh, other brother. Uh, he took a picture of the uh, the front of the uh, magazine, which says Dan O'Toole Sports Broadcast Icon. He said, so Dan's an icon? Way to go, bro. Unless they were trying to type arsehole and it autocorrected. <laughs> CK DJ. Like, there are one, two, three, four, five, six pictures of you in here that are just bizarre you're on some sort of trail with your arms folded yeah that's uh in behind my mom's it leads to jackson park looks like you have a boner in that one (laughs) and then you're just sort of leaning down next to what looks like a fence that's half finished no that's a teepee i found a teepee in the woods i'm like okay (laughs) so people are living in the woods behind your mom's house so you just were like well if you're gonna live here I'm going to need to take a picture from a magazine article. <laughs> the best one, though, is here. Uh, is this like lift locks? No, that's, uh, that's a little uh, like a, a bridge? forward train bridge. Uh, just hanging out in Peterborough. You're just hanging off of it. How high are you there? You mean... Like not... <laughs> 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 well, we know the answer to that one. But About, I mean... Uh, 
No, so the, the bridge would be <laughs> like 10 feet in the air. So oh, again, okay. so It makes it look like you're 50 feet up. It was a very hot day, and they said uh, they were supposed to come to Orono, but I was in Peterborough swimming, so I said, why don't we just go to this park right by my mom's, and I started hanging off bridge. I'm like, okay, so we're good here. That's a good shot. Here's an action shot. Here's a teepee. I'll go here. Hey, I found some uh, railroad spikes. You got yeah, that? The and best then, boom, one. we were done. The best one is you're holding these railroad spikes in one hand and just looking at the camera like, F- you. I'll f- you up with these railroad spikes. Those now sit on my, uh, my bar at home. So someone's going to kill you with those someday. You realize that, don't you? It's they're how you... are going to break in and they're going to kill you. It's the only way you can kill a carny is with <laughs> the railroad rusty spike. railroad spikes. Everybody knows that when they come to town. That would be actually a good, uh, you know, like, cable show. Carney Killer, <laughs> starring Dan O'Toole. You found out, and they, you're always looking for supplies of railroad spikes. They're hard to come by these days. Mm-hmm. Rusty railroad spikes, so you're always looking for that. So it's part, partially you looking for your supplies, and partially you killing the Carneys, and, uh, and burning the couches that they leave behind. Oh, by golly, Jesus. And then there's this, uh, the last shot is you at the golf course. <laughs> and you, just, you just have this smug look at your face like, are we done? No. Are so we that finished was, with this shit? That was at the start of the round, and I'm like, no chance they're using this, because they're like, just stand there in front of the golf cart. I'm like, shouldn't I stand on the, on the hole or something? No way. We want to see what the cards look like. <laughs> hey. Anyway, uh, if you get a chance to pick up Taste of the Kawarthas, I highly recommend it. Yes, I really appreciate them having me, and uh, I talk about uh, restaurants there and all that. Um, hey, you're back from vacation. How was it? You, I said on the show, and my mom texted me today. So our first show back on the TV side. I said, how was Australia? Mm-hmm. You did not go to Australia. My no. mom thought you did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't go to Australia. We, uh, we had a great time. Gosh, it was, the weather was beautiful. Um, we were in uh, Los Angeles for about 10 days, and we saw some, some old friends. Jim Pearl, who you went to Amsterdam with. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked since you and Jim uh, got back from Amsterdam, uh, and you're still here. You survived. That's right. It was a blast. He um, said he had the best time. We did. As I uh, was telling you last night while we were discussing it, uh, Jim is a great travel companion. Uh, He's he- always high. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't, doesn't talk a lot. He's not talking your ear off. <sighs> If you want to go do something, he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that's a perfect person to travel with. No, he said he had a great time. Yeah, we, we had a great time in L.A., and then we went to Victoria and then Kelowna. But it was all, we were on the road for a little too long with the nine-month-old. We needed to shut it down maybe after three weeks. That's very first-world problem. I did One cool thing did happen. We went to, remember when I told you we skipped out on, remember we went to Bernie Kim's wedding? Yes. And, uh... Fever dreams really of fun. Bernie Kim. The fever dreams of we got to get Bernie back on here. And then I came on here and said that that my wife and I were so hungry. Like we ate at the wedding, but for some reason I was just starving. And then we were like, you know, let's skip out on the on the wedding and let's go to Spago. So we went to Spago and ate because we love that restaurant. So we had a chance to go there um, when we were in L.A., which was really nice and just. Me and my wife again. My wife. And, uh, you know, it's a special place for us. We like going there. And they keep, like, a record of, of you, how many times you've been there. So they gave us this amazing table kind of overlooking the place. And everything was great. It's first class. It's great. It's good. But then at the end of the meal, they f***ed up the bill somehow. They overcharged us for something. And, and I was like, can you, 
you know, kind of hurry it up a little bit because I, I felt bad saying that, but I'm like, we got to get back. We've got our old nanny was watching uh, the kids and uh, I was like, we got to get back to her. And she was very militant. Like, I think she was one of Wolfgang Puck's like Austrian <laughs> school marms or something. She was like, okay, you know, all right, you know, there's a problem. This never happens. And then she goes back to the machine with the managers. And again, they're just like, you can tell they're frazzled because <laughs> this never happens there, right? Like everything runs like clockwork and they're frazzled. And this is going on for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Finally, I'm like, Jesus, just give it to me. Like, I'll just pay whatever. And uh, so anyway, finally, we're sitting there like, is anything going to happen? And around the corner, <gasps> like out of the thin air, Wolfgang yes. is standing at our table. He's just standing in front of us in his chef's jacket. And he's like, hi, welcome, welcome to Spago. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. I thought he was going to say like, get the out. You got a problem? Get out. You don't like the way we overcharge you? Too bad. <laughs> yeah, so he was just like, hey, welcome. Did you guys have a good dinner? I'm like, wow. So that woman definitely, or one of the managers, definitely went to the back and said, yeah, these f***ing yokels. Uh, we f- their bill up. Can you just go out there and just wow them for a second? So he's still showing up. It was a Wednesday. Wow. And he was there. Did he fix the problem? No, he. They did. <laughs> no. He's not going to fix it personally. Uh, he's not going to go in. I, mean, I thought he doesn't get, even know they have computers. He got the debit machine out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, in Austria, we're much more versed in these interact machines. Did he give you a free dessert? No, he just. Uh, well, they didn't charge us for the dessert. Oh, is okay. what happened. And then, and then, um, yeah, he was just super nice. You know, we were talking about this, going to the Santa Monica Farmers Market. Oh, it's a guy I love going there. It's great. I love it. You guys, where did you get the corn soup? Oh, the corn is fresh right now. It's very he, sexy, man. Was very, he into the liquor? Because it, it's a common thing, and it's no secret that uh, that they drink back in the kitchen. Uh, I don't know. At a place like that, though, it's now so refined. I mean, I'm sure they have a few sips of uh, wine at the end of the night and, and snort a few lines, but... Uh, but I think while service is on, they're all business. But it was good. It was quick, you know, just a quick, hey, okay, thanks. Well, thanks for coming. And, uh, you know, obviously we were, we were fine with that. But it was great. It, it, was, a nice, it was nice to be off. And, um, and how about you? Did you, did you enjoy uh, all the many weeks that you got to, to be on the road in the RV? Because I was reading an article is. that RV sales are skyrocketing in Canada, and it's mostly young people because people younger than us no one can afford a cottage anymore, right? Like, no, people can barely afford their homes. Nobody can afford to go out and buy a recreational property anymore, so they're buying a recreational vehicle, which is much more reasonable. So, yeah, sales of RVs are up, so you've started a trend. Yep, loved it. It uh, has changed my life. And you mentioned that, having an RV instead of a cottage. That's what Jonathan Torrance and his family, they have an RV instead of a cottage, and theirs is like... You need, to, you need to step it up and buy one that is kitted the out park it right in front of the <laughs> house on main street in orno and just <laughs> announce yourself no but world. if i went to sleep and the caries are in town that thing's that thing's gone they might they well no i think they'd be sleeping in it <laughs> yeah and they'd say we own it now yeah you're sleeping at once it's it, yours you got some railroad spikes because <laughs> if you don't we're <laughs> staying here how's that hot tub of yours by the way oh, oh it's great boy 
cedar hot tub. I just replaced the water today, and the water, the, the cedar's not bleeding anymore, so it's clear water. <laughs> Can you imagine? You know who's going to be in that hot tub? Who's that? A lot of carnies. <laughs> Unless you get those rusty railroad spikes out. There's going to be a lot of carnies in that tub. Um, yeah. I, uh... This is uh, Kevin Newman's a man who's written books. When you write a book, it's got to be called "I've Got a Bunch of Carnies in My Hot Tub." <laughs> we we're just talking, Kevin. We we're talking about the fair coming to my uh, my town this coming weekend. In all your in all your years in the Kevin. news, you must have done at least a couple stories on something happening at a fair with a carny. Can't say I have. Uh, and if <laughs> you did, you wouldn't tell it. us. <laughs> wow. How are you, buddy? This podcasting thing, man, you can get away with anything, can't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Really can, good. Yeah. Hey, I was on the way to the podcast studio, and uh, your face still in the lobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I've grown a beard since. I've, I've gotten in the sort of John Stewart phase of, uh, of my career, I think, so... I did take a little selfie of myself beside my old self. And, <laughs> you, you know, whatever. You've gone full Letterman on us, Kevin Newman. No, no, I, no. I, I no, no, not that bad. Yeah. So tell us what you're, so you've left CTV. Why would you ever want to do that? Uh, you know, my baseball career has been going pretty good the last little bit. So I just thought, <laughs> you know, no. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 60. It's time to try something new. And, um, and I, uh, I wanted to retire and, uh, and, you know, try to find out what life is like without being on the treadmill that you guys have been on to for a long time. And then this podcast idea came up and, uh, I've, you know, we've kicked it off today. Um, it's called attention control and it's been really, you know, it's fun to learn a new skill so late in life. Like it's just a different way of broadcasting and so far so good. Yeah. I listened to the first one with our good buddy who I saw on the way here to the podcast studio, Lisa LaFlem. Yes. She's on it. It's like two old old school broadcasters on, on a podcast. But, you know, whatever. I mean, it's a, the nice thing about it is, like, she and I went to the glorious CTV cafeteria, and uh, we just had to plunk something, you know, between us to have a conversation. We're both so used to having all the lights and all the all the stuff. And um turned out it was, like, it's just it's so much more natural, and it's so much more comfortable to have conversations uh, this way than, the, you know, the way that we've both been doing it for so long. What is the premise of the podcast? If pro- if podcasts do have premises, what is it? Just is it just one on one interviews? It's not carnies. <laughs> okay. All right. No. What it is? It's 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 about the misinformation campaigns that you know go all through our phones and our Facebook feeds and whatever, especially during this election. So you know we've never really, as reporters, taken a look at. You know how people are trying to mess with us. How they're trying to you know play with our opinions and our emotions, and and so we've got this group of really cool um, investigative reporters, and we are trying to get to the bottom of you know who's behind it, uh, what is the purpose of it, and how do you spot it. Lisa mentioned something about uh, the misinformation, and um, I really like what she said. She said she knows so many people that uh, they're smart. But they'll be they'll be on their Facebook, they'll be on Twitter or something. Yeah. They'll see something, and it's it's not real news. But they don't have the time to go check it out to make sure that it's not. They just and they remember hearing about it or reading it, and then they think that's actual fact. 
Yeah, and these buggers are getting really, really good at making it seem more like new. So they'll take like they'll take some copy that's legit, and then they'll stuff some stuff in the middle of it to make you go what? And and so like it, it's not it's not a couple of years ago you could spot fake stuff pretty easily, but what we're seeing now more and more is stuff that really feels legit, but then stuff something in the, in, in in the body of it. And so you're you're left feeling a little bit more angry and a little more engaged than you would have been otherwise. So, yeah, it is hard. And, you know, people don't have the time to go to figure it out. So, I mean, the real danger here is that people will just tune out, period. And, you know, they won't begin to trust not only what they read, but, you know, these deep fakes, what they see and what they hear. And then, then, man, we got a problem. How are you consuming news now, Kevin? Are you still watching Lisa every night? Like, I, I still like watching a newscast yeah, every night. Yeah, yeah. No, I do. I mean, I don't watch it as much because I'm, I'm, you know, I, it, <laughs> I probably got a little newscast PTSD after doing them for forty years. So I, I, I you know, I, 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 I don't watch them as often. Now, tonight I would because I know the hurricanes, you know, doing its thing, and so, you know, I, I tend to tune in that way. But um, I, you know, I, I watch it online mostly. I got to say, and I have my trusted sources, and uh, and um, I'm probably not that much different than anybody else. You worked in the States for, what, six, seven years for ABC? Yeah, I lasted that long. <laughs> and, yeah, that's great. And you didn't have to do it during the Trump era, so... Even better. Yes, yeah. I know. How yeah. was your experience down there? You know, I had a good time, man. I really did. I mean, I, I mean, um, you know, you guys went down there, and, and you know, like, in Canada, everything is like, well, we're going to do the best we can with the budget we got. And then, and then you know, you go down, and it's like, oh... Yeah, the budget's not an issue, so it's going to be good, right? So it was, um, it was good. I mean, I learned a lot, and uh, I changed as a broadcaster because of it. And um, I worked with some incredibly smart people at ABC, and not the least of which Peter Jennings and guys that you can, you know, definitely learn from. And so I, yeah, I had a good time. And then, but you know, there comes this point, you know, where. You have kids, and, you know, my daughter was starting to talk like she was from the Jersey. <laughs> and, um, and so that was one of the many reasons I decided to come home and put on a, a comfy sweater and, and come back amongst us. And you mentioned Peter Jennings. What was, uh, that must have just been incredible to work with, with someone like that. Or was he like, hey, Canadian, you know, I'm the, I'm the top Canadian here. You need to uh, know your tough, place. Man. Like, have you guys ever worked for, like, really, really tough editors in your careers? Um, every no. night. Yeah, sure. Every yeah. single night. Yeah, yeah. Not really, yeah. Kevin. No, no. no. <laughs> so he was he was tough. He was he was a he was a big taskmaster, but you know, demanding and all that stuff. And you know, I I I, I, I was usually pretty nervous around him because he had a way of sort of zeroing in on the faults of whatever you were trying to do, which is what a good editor does. So, um, but he was also incredibly generous. Um, and you know, when I decided to come back to Canada, he understood why. And uh, I actually, you know what, I, I was biking uh, a little while ago in the National Cemetery in Ottawa and um, saw that there's a memorial to him um, there with his name on it. And it was a really freaky moment, you know, when someone that you've been such a part of your career and then you see where his memorial is and just, you know, you know, fall on it almost. It was, it was, it was pretty weird. Did your paths ever cross down in the States with, uh, with the legend Keith Morrison? Of Dateline fame. <laughs> yeah, that guy, man. He's still going, eh? <laughs> he is. It's unreal. <laughs> it's is. unreal, man. Yeah. Like, he's in his 70s, and, and maybe you guys know how, like, weird it can be down there. And, 
and you know, and he's uh, he's. <laughs> I think he's didn't he, wasn't he like part of like Waze's app? You could in the states you can download. I believe Waze so. App, yes, yes. The voice of Keith Morrison, right? <laughs> it just seems strange. <laughs> you, are you guys on Waze? No. No, we're not. Oh, man. No, we didn't get our we'll, voices we'll get on. on Dan, that. Well, Dan's all over these source ads, so I think he's locked <laughs> into those for another two or three years. Buddy, um, I, have you seen my Facebook uh, testosterone booster ad? Oh, no. Now, that's so that's what Lisa has that's in her, ta- too, right? Now, this is part the of what you're talking thing. about, right? Yeah. Yeah, so Lisa has, like, uh, face cream because she's angry. And she, I, I've actually, I actually have left CTV, but not angry. And no, I'm not working with Dr. Phil on a... Yeah, so maybe we'll tell our listeners, so these ads came out and you were said to be endorsing this product. Yes, yeah, that, yeah. I I had one too. Uh, oh, you did? I think it was like a. Uh, I'm gonna look, try to look for it. I think it was like an erectile dysfunction thing, <laughs> which you know I get they, it. They, they, they look at both of us and they say, "Okay, so this is what these guys must." Yeah, that I mean, I understand it in a way, you know, why they would they would go there. But uh, yeah, I was upset yeah. because at least I, you know, if I'm gonna go do that endorsement, I'd like to be paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> and how many of your buddies called up asking for free samples? Yeah, you know, it's funny though, like. When I initially saw it, I thought, you know, you have that first moment, Kevin, you know, where you're like, what the fuck are these guys? And, and what <laughs> the? But then it was nothing. You know, it's almost like it's a little bit of what you're talking about. Everyone's kind of being desensitized to everything a little bit. Where, yeah. you know, you see that kind of stuff and you're like, oh, whatever. It's like the celebrity. Uh, Sex tapes and all that stuff. Now it's like it's like a yawner now. Well, or it's a big tune-out factor, right? It's like if you just see you know crap all the time, then you just begin to expect it. And and you know, and, and that, I mean that little thing. I mean it's gone around to everybody in Canadian media practically, right? So I, I mean I can't believe that. I mean it must cost them something to to push their shit out on advertising. But you know, I, I guess there's a lot of people that are paying two hundred fifty bucks for like face cream or whatever, but Jesus, you feel bad being even part of it and, and you know, deceiving people that you're not doing, but it's just sort of part of how they, they basically take what you stand for, you know, trust or, you know, um, you know, deep knowledge of sports or whatever, and then they try to steal that from you. Well, to your point, now uh, <laughs> our producer, Christoph, has, has sent us that under, at Kevin Newman CTV on Twitter... Yeah. It's Green God Cannabis. Green. I know. Yeah. Yeah, no. You see, I made a, bit, I made a classic mistake. I, I, like, I, I just wanted to, you know, I thought I'm leaving CTV. I can't have my Twitter account associated with it, so I changed it to the name of the, the podcast, Venture Control, and um, and some bot grabbed my old name, and uh, I've written a very nice little note to the folks at uh, the cannabis online company saying, hey, you know, Seemed kind of funny, but you know, could you please not include that? I haven't heard back from you again. Yeah, that is so bizarre. Yeah, so isn't it? We better hold on to all our Twitter, <laughs> all our burner accounts that we use to spy on people. Hey, Kevin, I was looking. Um, you haven't always just been in news. Is it true? According to your Wikipedia page, your first broadcasting gig was doing Western Mustangs football. Yeah. How was that? Yeah. Uh, well, it was uh, a long time ago. I actually started in sports. I was the first reporter for the Member Global Sportsline show. Yes. Yeah. I was the very first reporter for Sportsline way back in 1983. Like wow. with, with Taddy Bob, and Hebsher? No, with Bob McCown. Oh, oh right. So, okay. Right, yeah. yeah, so my first, my first like, for eight months, uh, I was a sports reporter, and then I moved over to news because I really didn't know anything about sports. 
but um, but it was a cool job then because I would I would be doing sort of the, the the other stories around sports. So, you know, there were two other reporters that you know did highlight reels and stuff, and then I got to do the issues like blood doping and steroid use and stuff. Yeah. So I really I really I, I liked it. I brought what I could to it, not not being a, a total uh, sports geek. So. Um, but then that was, yeah, so that, that's, that's how I got into this business through sports. And then you came back, when you left the States, you came back to Global, to do Global National. And that was interesting yeah. because you were, you, were a big, you were a big get for them. You know, like, I, like, not to say, you know, CBC had a certain prestige at the time for their news. I don't know if it's still the same. CTV was CTV. But Global, you know, didn't have that prestige, and you kind of brought it to them. Was there ever a feeling in your mind, like, I know these guys are paying me well, but I've got a I got my work cut out for me here. Like I've got a heavy load. Yeah. Here. Well, you know what it was? It was a chance to create something brand new. Because um, at that point, Global was just just became a sort of third Canadian network, and they didn't have a national newscast. So for me, it was you know um, it was just the opportunity to use everything that I believed uh, to build something that I thought would be slightly different. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of work, but, you know, we had a really young team, so it was fun. Um, and, um, and you know, I still watch that show, and I go, hey, you know, it's almost 20 years. I helped put it on the air. We helped design, you know, the, the editorial approach to it and all that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I seem to have this habit of, of sort of giving stuff up and <laughs> starting <laughs> over. But, you know, that's, I guess, how you stay in a long time. Right? You know, you you gotta you gotta reinvent yourself every now and again if you don't you know if you're I'm more project focused than institutional focused so I, I I get excited at starting new stuff. We gotta reinvent ourselves, then. <laughs> no chance. Yeah. We gotta do that. No, can't. Uh, you know what? The you mentioned global news before you arrived. Wh- when did you get there? When, when did Global yeah, National? Yeah, when did I get Global National? That yeah. was two thousand one. Two thousand one. So uh, before you arrived, then. Global New News was always on at my house with Mike Anscom. Oh, yeah. You remember him? A legend. Yeah. <laughs> that was- yeah. <laughs> that was a you great reaction. Me, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. The three nice guys who didn't like each other at all. Oh, really? They didn't like each other? No. Uh, no, it was like it was like icicles, and then the red light went on, and they chuckle, and then you know, yeah, it was. That's an ama- That's an amazing feat <laughs> to pull that off, right? Yeah. You know it's that. Not much time with people you like, you generally don't like. But what? But did you like? I no, I, I'm serious about this. I at one point in my career, I hosted breakfast television in Winnipeg, and my the news anchor I worked with and I just did not get along to the point where we stopped talking unless yeah, we were on brutal. television. And what I realized after a while, even though I was young and selfish, was that I was making everything uncomfortable for everybody else working on the show. And it, but it's amazing how you can kind of pull it off. But I did decide at that very moment, okay, if I, I'm going to find something in someone, even if I absolutely can't stand them, I'll find something yeah. about them that's in common just to, to get through it. And it's actually served me well in, in the career. That's and that's really how I've wise, gotten... Like, all, yeah, that's how I've that's gotten... That's really wise. Because, you, you know, some of these are shotgun marriages in, in, in our business. And sometimes you don't really, you know, get to know somebody. When, when you do and it works, like you guys have, like you're smart to hang on to that because it's a rare thing, you know. So often you get paired with people, especially in television news, that you, you know, somebody thinks works for whatever reason. But to have that chemistry thing is really pretty hard. I mean, I that kind of happened to me at Good Morning America in the States. We got, um, 
we got sort of thrown in together uh, as an anchor team that was untested, but, you know, they'd done, I guess, a bit of research, and they thought it would work, and it didn't work, and then when it doesn't work, it's really hard to sort of pull yourself out of that because, you know, you're just not enjoying the experience. So, um, you know, kudos on you guys for for hanging in together for so long. (laughs) I don't know how we've done it. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Hey, did you realize, was it the same for you in the States? (laughs) This is kind of a weird question, but there's a lot of meetings compared to Canadian TV? No. Oh, that's how we did was meetings. No, no, there was like at ABC, they they literally had a a cooking timer, like a, a like they would set all meetings. No meeting can go longer than fifteen minutes. So they set the timer. That's unreal. And then once the timer ran out, you know the meeting was over. So it was a really effective way wow. of making sure that like meetings were for decisions, not for discussions. Right, and right. Um, you know, and God, I wish I could have brought the timer to some of the other places I've worked because I can't stand those meetings when you walk into them and it's like an open discussion and everyone has to have a turn to talk. And you say, hey, problem. this could have been handled in an email. Yeah, it should be, actually. Yeah. No, because we always had the philosophy of these meetings, people base their entire work day around these meetings because they're well, like, there, okay, there we got entire op- There are entire, like, there are groups of employees that just really do meetings well. I, I always say, yeah, they give good meetings, right? It's like <laughs> they're really good at meeting. And so, uh, and as soon as I get that, I have so little tolerance for it. Yeah. Uh, before we let you go, one last question. The biggest news story that you covered over your years in news in the States and in Canada, the one event where you look back and say, that was insane. I have a guess, Kevin. Can I make a guess? Yeah, of course. Were, were you, you were anchored when Princess Diana was uh, killed, correct? I did at ABC. Yeah. Um, that, that, that was surprising to me uh, because I remember driving home afterwards and seeing, and it was like three in the morning, and I'd been on for I don't know twelve hours or whatever. And I remember seeing every light on in Manhattan, thinking, "Wow, like people are still tuned to this. This this woman's impact was incredible." But yeah. but you know, um, if, I mean, for me, it's it's nine yeah. eleven only for a bunch, a bunch of reasons. One was um, when I did it, Global National was like four days old, wow. so we were a brand new news organization, and. I was covering um, an event in my old home and, you know, knowing that some of the people who were in the towers were my former neighbors and it was, it it was messed up. And um, I, I, that, that story just really stuck with me for a very long time. And even, even now when I talk about it, I'm, 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 I get worked up. Yeah. Um, Understandable. Yeah. We really appreciate you coming on, buddy. Um, and Guys, you- thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You know, it's, it's you know when you're starting something new and 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 Jay and Dan offer to talk about it. I you know props on you. Thank hey, you. I even listened to it today, and I don't listen to most podcasts. I listen to are all about murder and solving <laughs> murders and stuff. So yeah. it, it was great. And you're going to be covering uh, the election, as you said, and uh, covering the misinformation. So it's attention control with Kevin Newman. Uh, you're a great man, and uh, we appreciate you coming on. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Kevin. Kevin. A Canadian broadcast legend. Yeah, he, you know, Kevin, I just love, always loved his style. Yes, his delivery. His delivery was Because he's not a broadcast. Exactly. His voice is exactly like he was right there. Right there, and it always was. And he was, you know, he's almost the kind of guy you want to show tapes of him to young broadcasters and just say, just 
just see how understated he is. He's intelligent. He knows his stuff. He writes well, but he's not. Uh, he's not projecting at you. He's just talking. And uh, yeah, he. All, I always loved that style. How could you not like him? Right? He was mm-hmm. just great. So, yeah, that was really great to talk to him. Everyone's got a podcast now. <laughs> Even the carnies. <laughs> Carney cast. From Dan O'Toole's hot tub this weekend in Orno. So we're going to be heading up there. I'm bringing the family up. That's right. Are you going to take a soak in the tub? Are you going to take a soak in the tub? I'm probably going to pass on that. But uh, I'll have a look at it. I'll inspect it. <laughs> are, is it going to be like every day at the fair? Parties in the back of the O'Toole mansion. Everybody's there. Carney's the mayor, the owner of the newspaper, the owner Ooh. of the bakery. Well, I'm not going to lie. Bickle. You're coming on Saturday, and the Friday night concert's obviously the night before, and that's where the entire town, that's the one night a year where the entire town says, let's do this. Yeah, let's rock. So we'll be, <laughs> we'll be cleaning up the, the backyard, Main Street. We've got to bring a bulldozer down to clean up everything. I'll be clean. No. Carney's. <laughs> There'll be carnies in your bed, carnies in your toilet, well, you your know the, shower. Well, you know the fancy street sweepers that you have in Toronto. We have those for the carnies on our main <laughs> just, street. They're going, they're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch me! Find my couch! I'm really excited about, uh, about coming up because we've never been to Orono. If you walk into my backyard... And I have a carny in the hot tub. How much will you give me? Oh, I'll be so happy. Will you give me anything? I would, I would probably give you a hundred bucks. <laughs> I'd reach into my wallet and I'd pull out a hundy. I'm going to make sure I have it with me. I'll be like, you earn this money, man. Hello, sir. What's your name? <laughs> I'm Gary. And I've been on this beat for a long time. And I don't appreciate you making fun of me. I know how to do it, though. <laughs> the old, the classic trick, a $100 bill on a string, and I'm just right. the whole way to my house. Right, exactly. I've almost got it. Oh, hey, what's oh. this? Oh. This reddish water in this container. Mm, it's hot. <laughs> Think I'll take a dip. Wash my clothes, too. Ooh, stinky. <laughs> Daddy needs a wash. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Want to see my slide? Oh, God, that's going to be great. Yeah, man, that'll be fun. Yeah. It's going to be wild. There'll be rides and games and things. Oh, yeah. There's a tractor pole. <laughs> oh, boy. Was that we, really? It may be a quick trip. Hey, I go every day. I go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Oh I got a season's pass. <laughs> What do you do? Just, hey, Carney Jim. Carney Bill. Carney Dave. It's me again. There's Dave. one guy I do na- know his name, and again, I'm not making fun. He, he's lefty because he only has his left oh, arm. Oh, that's... Well, you know what? But that's Good what he said. Him. He's At like, least he's got one. I asked the guy, like, you have a change for 20? He's like, ah, lefty, Mike. Lefty! And the guy turns around, and I'm like, okay, that's lefty. He's like, no, sorry, my wallet's in my right pocket. I can't get at it. Can't get you that 20. But so many questions. I'm like, <laughs> what? Did he lose his arm? In a carnival accident, for sure he did. Or in a hot tub in the back of an Orno <laughs> house. Trying to change the filter. <laughs> my arm! 
Does that happen? I don't. Th- there's no like. There's no way to lose moving your arm. parts there. Oh, I guess not. I thought maybe the jet could get yeah. at it. It's pretty safe. Well, uh, it's going to be a wild time, so we'll tell you all about that next week. Uh, oh, but please, a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't purchased your tickets for the J and well, it's Dan- coming up. Like it's. It's happening it's soon. fast. 10th anniversary podcast tour of Western Canada. Seven dates. And the first two are in beautiful British Columbia. I was just in Victoria. I walked by the McPherson Playhouse. We'll, we'll be at Friday, September the 20th. We want to see you there, Victoria. Did you, did you make a, a grand uh, uh, scene saying like, oh, I better get tickets to this. Oh, looks <laughs> like this is a good show at this theater. <laughs> I should probably find my seats now. (laughs) We did take a picture. I think my wife put it on her Instagram, so you can see it there. And then uh, Saturday, September the 21st in Vancouver at the Vogue Theater. Apparently, uh, they're at 50% capacity now, so let's bump it up to 100. And then in October, we're in Edmonton and Calgary, October the 4th and 5th. And then in uh, November, we're three dates... November the first, Saskatoon, the Broadway Theater. That's sold out, ladies Boom. and gentlemen. You're done. <laughs> That's the sellout siren. We're sold out. That's nice. But good news, Saskatchewan. You can drive down two and a half hours to Regina. We're at the Conexus Arts Center on Friday, November the 15th. We're in Regina, Friday, November the 15th. Get your tickets. And then Saturday, November the 1st, going back a little bit, uh, we're in Winnipeg at the Garrick. It'd be epic. I haven't Come been out to the peg. When was the last time you were in the peg? Uh, oh, uh, uh, I can't remember. I was, oh, oh, probably for a book tour. Probably 2016, 2017, something like that. I was there for a, a golf tournament with our friend Dave Wheeler. Um, that was the last time, probably 10 years ago. Oh, that's a long time ago. Yep. It's changed big time. Wait till you get downtown. We're going to have a wild time. Toad in the hole. Earl's on Main. The, Why not, eh? the new Palomino? Oh, sh- I was there sooner than that because I went to the Scandinavian spa there. My erections have returned. <laughs> the whole, if you're wondering if Dan's going to spend the entire podcast <laughs> tour show at the Garrick talking about the Scandinavian spa, <laughs> I'll say, if I was a betting man, I'd probably lay some money on that. But what if Stoff and I go together? Then we've got a story. That would be, well, maybe we'll all go together and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Well, because, well, we're. In Saskatoon the night before, we take an early flight to the peg, right? We go to the spa, then we do the show. Yeah, I need a good steam. I want a rub down. <laughs> I don't think they have that there. It's no? just a bunch of like hot rooms and hotter rooms and then a pool. And, and hot ladies rubbing you. I didn't, I didn't see that. Okay. Now we'll find out on the <laughs> 2nd of November. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, thank you for listening. See ya. They're going home.
This is the Jay and Dan Podcast. 